encouragement uh, for the new year and uh, some things that uh, uh, are going to be uh, kind of a bit on my heart and I want to uh, share with you tonight and uh, I want to speak to you uh, this evening some words of encouragement and uh, I believe we have a church that is based on sound doctrine and practices uh, but I have noticed uh, lately, there seems to be those who haven't been present in the life and worship of our congregation, perhaps as they once were. And, uh, of course, uh, often, as often happens, the pastor uh, has kind of a, a burden upon his heart to, to uh, talk about some things uh, uh, the people that really need to hear aren't always here. And uh, that's True, but I want to encourage you that are here to stay by the stuff, as it's been said. It may seem like, in a sense, I'm scolding, but believe me, my intent here is to encourage and uh, encourage us to either become more faithful or continue to be faithful in the coming year. And I understand that there are many things in life that uh, can distract us, can hinder us from being active as we should be. Maybe we just need a little nudge in the right direction. In fact, it's a temptation the Bible encourages us against. And my main text, of course, is a familiar passage in, in Hebrews chapter 10, where it says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as we see the day approaching. And so with that in mind, let me encourage you that you that are here, in the sound of my voice, not to neglect the light, the service, and the worship of the church. Now notice, first of all, I'm going to encourage us in actually seven areas tonight. The first one is that God is worthy. I want to encourage you because God is worthy. You know, when we meet week by week to worship God, we don't do it because of tradition or mere formality. Or just because it's a habit. Now, some habits are good habits. Some habits are not good. Sometimes we just do it because, well, that's what I expect to be, you know, what people expect of me. And that can be good. That can be also bad. But we ought to be meeting together because God is worthy to be worshipped. In Revelation 5.12, it says, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and with riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And so when we come together to worship as God wants us to do, we're saying, God, you are worthy. Uh, when we don't worship, it's be or be because maybe we don't feel like it or we're too busy or we'd rather do something else, we're telling God, you're not worthy. God is worthy to be worshipped and loved 
and serve by each one of us. The second thing I want us to notice is that the church is a body. I want to encourage us tonight because the church is a body. When I say church, I'm referring to a local church like ours. Uh, Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. He said, now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. And by the Holy Spirit, we're not only united to Jesus, but to one another. Now let me remind you, as a part of the family of God, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. But as the body of Christ, in this location, we are members of this body. You know, when you're not participating in the life, the service, especially the worship of the church, then you're not doing your part as a member of the body. And it has an effect on the rest of the body. We feel your absence. You know, we have brothers and sisters in Christ in all uh, parts of the country. Perhaps you know uh, people that are saved and they're, they're Christians. You call them a brother or a sister in Christ. But when they're absent from their body of believers, I really don't feel their absence. I don't even know that they're absent. But they're still my brothers, they're still my sisters, but we're not sisters. We're not a part of the same body. When one of the members of our body is hurting, it affects the rest of our body. And so we, we value the members of our body. We value the presence, the service, the gifts, the graces. To put it this way, when you're not with us, we're not complete. But we're a body that is missing a part. You know, an individual is either a member or not a member. Well, I had a fellow one time in the church that I pastored said, why should I become a member of your church? I'm already a member of the church. Well, I disagreed with him because I said, you're a part of the family of God, but you're not a member of this church. And so this church cannot function without membership. Now, we're not all fingers, nor are we all ears. But we are either attached or not attached. And not to be a member of a local Bible-believing church is contrary to Christ's plan for our lives. You read very carefully what the Bible says, and it says that that is God's plan. To be a member of a Bible-believing, Christ-honoring local church. And this is true also of members who are not active in doing their part in the church. The church is a Bible. Thirdly, I want to encourage you in your spiritual growth. You know, God doesn't intend Christians to grow all by themselves. Rather, we're to grow together. But again, Paul wrote that we have the ministry of the church so we can all come in the unity of the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I'm afraid to say it, but it's, I think, a biblical assumption that when there is inactivity, that means a Christian's not growing spiritually. You're not growing in your love for God. You're not growing in your love for your neighbor. You're not growing in your knowledge. You're not growing in your 
understanding of the things of God. And not growing in the Lord isn't a good place to be. And we don't want you to be there. Second uh, Peter uh, chapter 3 and verse 8 says, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In 1 Peter, we're also told that we're to desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You see, it's the grace of God that saves us. And when we accept Christ, we come into a whole new realm of life, the sphere of grace. And we need to grow in that grace. How do we do that? Well, we do it through personal study, of course, in God's Word. We do it through the encouragement and fellowship of other believers. And we do it by hearing the faithful preaching of God's Word. So let me encourage you to be faithful in each of these areas. And then fourth, I want to encourage you because of the wiles of, of Satan. Peter wrote, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil... As a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Now, I don't know a lot about the habits of lions. I have never had a lion for a pet. I haven't been around with lions that much. Notice a few in the zoo when we visited the zoo with our grandchildren, but I do know that they prey on those who are detached from the herd. And I worry in that in being inactive, some of our folks are being preyed upon by the devil and by the world because they're not participating. They've separated themselves from the herd. And that can be a dangerous place. And I want to encourage you tonight, don't separate yourself from the rest of the body of believers. You can become an easy prey for Satan. For his lies, for his flaming darts, for temptations. You know, there's a reason that just before Peter wrote, be vigilant, be, uh, just before this, Peter wrote, be vigilant or be watchful. Uh, we don't want to be, uh, to be resisting the devil on our own. That's why God has given you to us and us to you. That leads to another word of encouragement, and that's mutual edification. Even Paul, who was an apostle, wanted and needed to be with the church. To the congregation in Rome, he wrote, For I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift. To the end, he may be established. That is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Now, if you're a member of this church, or if you're not, perhaps you should be, but if you're a member of this church, uh, you're also a friend and a family member in Jesus. And we want those opportunities to edify one another and also to be edified by you. And then, number six, I want to encourage you because of joy. In writing... To a church, John said, Having many things to write unto you, I would not write with paper and ink, but I trust to come unto you and speak face to face that our joy may be full. Everyone wants to be happy and glad and joyful, I think. If you don't want to be happy, you don't want to be joyful, uh, there's 
probably a problem. The Bible reminds us that we find our joy in the face-to-face presence of one another. That is, you can contribute to our joy when you're present, and we can contribute to yours. And then, number seven, promises made. Let me encourage you because of the promises you make. You see, when you became a member of this church, you promised to throw your weight into this congregation, your devotion, your service, your influence, your encouragement, your help. You and I both know what it's called when we're not true to our word. Now, would you allow me to ask you, were you honest when you said, I want to be a member of this church? I want to make a commitment to this church? Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1.10, I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you speak, all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same judgment. You might be here tonight and say, well, I didn't make any such promise. I come and go as I please. Well, that may be true, and you are someone who has not made a commitment to be a member of this church. Again, that's contrary to the Bible plan for believers. So let me ask you, how could we function if we did not have an organization of church members and officers and a way of conducting business. You know, membership is important. And active membership is vital. So let me encourage you in this area. Now, we all need encouragement from time to time. Encouragement not to keep, or not to quit, but to keep with it. And I hope you know that just as you need us, we need you. And again, I remind you, it says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and the good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as we see the day approaching. Let me finish up this evening by saying we're giving you ten building blocks to strengthen our church. Ten building blocks to strengthen our church. Our church. And the truth is, these are what builds a strong, godly church. Uh, they're attributes of church members who are growing in the Lord and they're helping uh, to strengthen our church family. I've read somewhere that a weekly ministry, that weekly ministry in a local church helps to build your spiritual muscles. You say, well, I'm not into muscle building. Well, you ought to be spiritually, maybe not physically, we're, some of us are past that, we're just trying to survive from day to day, but we are, we should be interested in building spiritual muscles. So here's 10 building blocks to strengthen our church. Number one, stay. Learn to stick. Again, that's our our text here, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as a matter of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now, obviously, we have people that move uh, uh, on. God moves people from uh, community to community, job to job, and so forth. Sometimes people move on because they've been offended. So don't allow an offense with another Christian or a backsliding 
in your own heart can keep you from your church family. Again, you need us and we need you. So stay. That's the first part. Secondly, have a sweet spirit. Love your church. Again, it says in verse 24, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. You know, we all go through various difficulties and trials. Sometimes there's physical difficulties that come into our life. We've had a number of people that have had surgeries uh, this year. I'm thankful for the response of people willing to pray, send notes to, and send in words of encouragement to those who've been physically struggling. We also have spiritual struggles from time to time. And we need to be aware of those spiritual struggles and pray for people in that sense as well. We need to have a sweet spirit. So stay. Have a sweet spirit. And then third block is stewardship. Liberally give to God and man. In 2 Corinthians 9, 6, it says, But this I say, He that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall also reap bountifully. You know, if our church is going to continue to be effective in fulfilling the Great Commission right here at home or around the world, it's going to take the faithful giving of our members. Again, we just... Just as we have different functions and different abilities as members of the body, we also have different abilities to give. But we must be faithful. I'm thankful that our church has been a giving church. And when there's been a, a need, we've seen the response. But we need to stay with it. Stay with the stuff. Malachi 3.10 says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out of blessing, and there shall not be room enough to receive it. Let me encourage you to give as God has given you. The fourth block would be separation. Live in a way that is distinct, distinctly for God in this world in which we live. 2 Corinthians 6.17 says, Wherefore come out from among them, and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. You know, in the day in which we live, it's easy to go along with the world. It's easy to get too involved in the world, doing worldly things, living worldly lives. The Bible, I think, is very clear that even though we are in the world, we're not to be of the world. Yes, we live in this world, but we're not to be of this world. In the parable of the soils, Mark chapter 4, verse 19, it says, And the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. And when we allow ourselves to be involved so much in worldly thinking, and so forth, we can become unfruitful. So there's the building block of separation. Stay, have a sweet spirit, stewardship, 
Separation? Stick with the Scriptures. Stick with the Scriptures. Lean on the Word of God by reading it, by studying it, by memorizing it, by hearing the preaching of God's Word. You need to make the Word of God your ultimate authority. The Bible says, For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I believe stronger Christians make stronger church members. Then number six, you sold out. Take a good look at your responsibilities. Not only in your home and your job, but here in the church. Be fully committed to the things of the Lord. Your marriage, your family, and your church family. Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Be sold out. Look at your responsibilities and be committed. Soul winning. Launch out into the deep to go fishing for men. In other words, go to others with the message of salvation. Luke tells us that the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Now we must see people as they are. They're lost and in need of a Savior. And so we must be a witness to them. What is a witness? A witness is one who's called to testify before others about what he has seen or heard or known. Remember the early church in Jerusalem took this command very literally. And the result was that thousands were saved. Churches were planted. Christianity grew rapidly. Now, we may not see thousands saved, but we must ask God for souls to be saved here and in the places that our missionaries are serving. Number eight, spiritual. Live in a way that's holy, godly, pure, and clean. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, it says there, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his, and let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are not, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some of honor, some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. It goes on to say, Flee youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. The foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, and patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. So we need to present our bodies as a clean vessel to God so He can use it. Let me illustrate this in a kind of an interesting way. What if you went to a friend's house one day and as you're visiting, you kind of 
and get it down a little dry. He said, well, I need a drink of water. I said, well, there's the, you go in the kitchen with good water, you just uh, grab yourself a glass and get yourself a drink of water. So you go in the kitchen and you see all across the counter all these glasses, numerous glasses. And as you look at closer, you see every one of them is dirty. Some have lipstick on them. Some have some cocoa in there. Some mold in some of them, some food. But then you see right behind the, the kitchen sink a peanut butter jar that's sparkling clean. <coughs> so which glass are you going to choose to drink out? We need to keep ourselves in a usable condition for the Lord. Remember, you're God's instrument. You're a chosen vessel. And you're chosen unto Him to bear His name. You know, in a great measure, according to the purity and the perfection of the instrument, there will be success. You know, it's not great talents that God blesses. See, I don't have very many talents or abilities but you know, it's not those things that God blesses, but it's as much as likeness to Christ. A holy servant is a really an awful weapon in the hand of God. And I don't say awful in the sense of bad. Maybe I should say awesome. Sanctified, made holy, set apart for a special purpose. That's what... Paul was talking about him, and it's what Peter talks about in 1 Peter 3.15, sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Live holy and pure lives. And then be sensitive. Let yourself be available to others. Be responsive to the needs of others, especially in our church family. Galatians 6.10 says, as we have therefore opportunity let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. And then number ten, stand. Love God more than anything else in this world. As we sang earlier tonight, dare to stand. Dare to take a stand for the things of God. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. When you have an opportunity to speak up on the, up on the, uh, in behalf of the Lord, are you quiet? Or do you give a loving testimony of the goodness of God in your life? Now, I don't want this just to be a cleverly put together list of alliterated points. You know that's the way I operate, usually. So my desire is for us each to take to heart these building blocks. Trust God to use us to have a strong, Christ-honoring church where we see people's lives changed and we can bring honor and glory to God. I wonder tonight, will you determine to make these building blocks a part of your life? Will you actively seek to be a blessing to the rest of the folks here at Springer Baptist Church? God is worthy. Our church is a body. 
We need to grow spiritually. We need to resist the devil. We need to mutually edify one another. And we need to do it with joy because we've made some promises to be a part of this Bible-believing church. And we need to keep those promises. And so I trust as we meditate upon these building blocks and make them a part of our lives so we can strengthen our church and uh, see God bless in the coming year. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we do thank you for your love for us. We thank you for your word and your instruction concerning what we are to be as believers. You've given to us instruction concerning the body of believers in this location here. The local church is used to do your work, not only in this community, but even around the world. And we pray, Lord, that we'll be responsible for what you've given to us here, what you've allowed us to be a part of. And we'll see your blessing in this coming year. We'll see uh, people that uh, will remain and stay by the stuff. And we'll have a sweet spirit about it. We'll uh, be uh, liberal in their giving. Living separated lives. Staying with the scriptures. Committed. Having a desire to see people saved. And being a faithful witness. Lord, help us to be holy and pure. That we might be used as a spiritual vessel for your honor and for your glory. We pray, Lord, for sensitive hearts. We realize that the, there are needs in other people's lives. Some of those needs are physical needs. Some of them are spiritual. Help us to be encouraged. Help us to pray for one another. Help us to stand for the things of God. Lord, bless these few thoughts to our hearts tonight. And we pray, Lord, Lord bless our church in the coming days. Thank you, Jesus.